Hey, I'm Jason Gray. Hey, this is Sarah Gross. Hey, I'm Andrew Osinga. Hi, this is Michael Carr. Hey, this is Andrew Peterson, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. And this is me, so let's have some exciting music. Who is me, you ask? Well, me is Rick Lee James, and this is my podcast, Voices in My Head. We've got a great show for you this week, so stay tuned. Last year, a ragtag band of Christian geek podcasters joined together, taking on a shared theme to be discussed on their respective shows. This year, like any good sequel, and any bad sequel really, they're going bigger. They aren't just sharing a theme, they're sharing themselves. In the grand tradition of the Avengers movies, or Aliens vs. Predator, or Mario and Sonic the Hedgehog, King Kong versus Godzilla. Archie meets the Punisher. It's not just a thematic event. It's a crossover. The Christian Geek Podcasting community begins the year 2014 by trading hosts. Listen to your favorite podcasting hosts as they mix it up on other podcasts. And meet new podcasters on your favorite podcasts. Featuring these podcasts. Geekly Oaked. The Sci-Fi Show, Untold Podcast, The Sci-Fi Christian, Real World Theology, The Story Men, Geek This Podcast, Voices in My Head, Are You Just Watching, and Strangers and Aliens, The Christian Geek Podcast Crossover. It's the Secret Wars 2 of podcasting. Only, you know, good. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. This is your host, Rick Lee James, and I am here in my studio, in my basement, at my house, which is the Voices in My Head recording studio. You can see evidence of this if you look on my guest's Instagram account today. Um, J.R. Foresteros. And I think I said that right. You did. And, uh, okay. Um, he actually took a picture of a Spider-Man coffee mug that I loaned to him this morning. He has to give it back, unfortunately, before he leaves. Um, but we're doing a crossover podcast today. This is going to be exciting. Uh, JR is uh, not only a teaching pastor here at Beaver Creek Church of the Nazarene, not too far away from where I live, but he also is one of the three storymen on the Storymen podcast. So this is a... a, a I guess we're calling it the podcast initiative or the the geek crossover. I'm still not yeah, something sure. like that. We we have a fancy name for it. It should be in the promo, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> so we're gonna have a, a fun conversation today, and I'm gonna save question of the week uh, for just a few minutes. You can see that online if if you've looked and you want to send in answers. That's fine. Um, maybe we'll read them on the show before this actually airs. Maybe we won't. It's a mystery. Um, but <laughs> the question for the week, just so you as a listener can think about it. The question is, is the Bible family-friendly? And is Christianity family-friendly? Is it even supposed to be, the whole idea of that? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But since we're doing sort of some, some geeky podcast-type things, uh, we're going to talk about um, a little bit about something we both like, which is comic book movies. Okay, yes. so we're going to kind of start out like that and then get into something a little more serious because, you know, what's what's life if you can't combine the uh, sacred and secular together? You know, Because I mean? it's all one, you know, really, when it comes down to it. So you are 
a lot more excited than I am about an announcement that just happened for yes. <laughs> for a movie. Now you just have to understand I'm not I'm just not a big fan of the character basically, but we can find out why you're excited and maybe you'll convert me because I've I've been converted many times over to people's <laughs> excitement. But there's a, a new Marvel movie coming out I think in like 2016 or I think it's 2015. Is it 2015? Yeah, it'll be after Avengers two. After Avengers two, okay. Called Ant Man, and, and and I, you know, he's from what I understand from the comics, from what I read, he's a wife abuser. I love that about him. No, yeah, I'm just, right <laughs> that's why he's your favorite here. No, he's got. There's one issue, like very famously, where he smacks his wife, and uh, but so he's sort of like a, you know, Marvel always does this this real person here. Yeah, they try thing. to make him dark. You know, like, yeah, you know, it's make Tony him Stark with the alcoholism and, you know, the demon in the right. bottle storyline and so, all that. Yeah. So he can be a very interesting character with a lot of flaws, but the thing I think is interesting, and you're kind of excited about this, and maybe you'll convert me to it, but they've cast Paul Rudd, who's kind of known as a comedic actor, yeah. to be this sort of dark character. Mm-hmm. So I just... And, and maybe it'll be Michael Keaton Batman. I mean, who knows? I mean, it'll be that. <laughs> yeah. But tell me. Tell me your thoughts. Why are you excited about I'm excited. About One, I love Paul Rudd. Okay. Uh, I I have seen I've seen most of the movies he's ever been in, and I, I I just love him. I love his kind of everymanness, and you know the, the that quality that he brings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's gonna fit really well into the kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, one thing I think is interesting is that I don't anticipate that they're going to do the the dark kind of like spousal abuse storyline stuff with Ant-Man, right. at least right out of the backs, just like they have him with Tony Stark. I mean, right. they, they very much danced around even his drinking at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's barely present in any of the Iron Man films. That would make such a good film, though. If they well, would <laughs> and, you know, if, if the comics or if the films follow the comics, then at some point they're going to run out of mm-hmm. fun, yeah. you know, storylines to do, and they're going to have to go dark, and Iron Man gets dark that way. Yeah. You know, Captain America, they have, they've done all that, so who knows. But I think at first, they're going to try to keep Ant-Man a lot more light, and mm-hmm. and Rudd can do that really well, yeah. you know. Um, the other thing I'm really excited about for the film is that Edgar Wright is directing it, and right. he's the one who did Shaun of the Dead, you know, the, the Cornetto trilogy. End of the world. And, yeah, yeah, and I love those movies. I love his directing. He did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which mm-hmm. is just phenomenal. Yeah. So I, he's a fun director. He knows how to make a fun, yeah. action-packed, but still very, like, funny film. Sure. And that's what I want to see from Paul Rudd in a superhero movie. All right. Um, the other thing... This is something they've been doing in the comics recently, but they've really started to kind of pit all the various Marvel scientist people kind of against each other. Mm-hmm. In the sense, it's almost like a, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Like a boys club, like who's who's the smartest on the block? You mm-hmm. know? So you've got Reed Richards, Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, sure. Hank Pym, who's Ant-Man. And in the comics, like you can tell that they all sort of jockey for position even if it's only in their own minds yeah. and so i can imagine it's too bad you can't add peter parker and i know too. well and of course like sony in, you don't have reed richards in there either because right. he's in the the fox universe but if you if you have avengers avengers 2 is called the age of ultron and spoiler alert ultron's a robot that hank pym invents yeah and so if, if somehow through all of that it's all sort of hank pym's fault yeah. i can imagine with tony stark and bruce banner being in that universe that would create some interesting character stuff mm-hmm. to be able to do with that character. Now, they haven't said Paul Rudd's in Avengers 2, yeah. so I don't know how that's all going to 
Maybe maybe he'll be like the cameo or something. Something, yeah. Maybe he'll know. be like the Hawkeye, you know, because yeah. Hawkeye wasn't really in much until the Avengers movie, and then he became kind of a fan favorite. Yeah. Now so, his comics are like awesome, and people want him. Oh, Have so, you been reading Matt Fraction's Hawkeye? Uh, only a little bit. I haven't. Yeah, me too. Um, I've read like the first four issues. Yeah, I, I haven't got, but people are telling me it's like phenomenal. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I, I I am of course extremely wealthy, but in spite of that. <laughs> In spite of that, I've had to cut my comic book reading down. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, that's what what you you're just not a fan of Ant Man the character, not a fan um, of Paul Rudd, or I've what? just well, yeah, I just never. I don't know. I've it's kind of it, it, now. This is the weird thing with me. I should like a character called Ant Man if I like a character called Spider Man. You know, what I mean, <laughs> when you think about it, it's like there's nothing more silly about Ant Man than there is Spider Man. Yeah. You know, you think or any of the other ones. You didn't even get bit by an ant. Exactly right. He just—he's just a scientist, and—and uh, and I don't know for for whatever reason, I've just never clicked with that character, mm-hmm. which which is fine. But um, I do like Edgar Wright an awful lot. I actually like Paul Rudd an awful lot oh, too. Okay, good. So I'm not—I'm not like so. It's a, just Ant Man. It's—it's—it's more—it's more. I'm just not sure I can see him as that type of character. Okay, like if. I don't want it to just be all for laughs because I I want it to be a little bit more. One thing that I think is lacking in a lot of the uh, the films right now, which I don't think was lacking at all in like Christopher Nolan's Batman films, is there's a real depth to it, mm-hmm. and and there's actually a deeper story. Like that third film is is so much inspired by Charles Dickens, you know, Tale of Two Cities, and all, I mean, there's just such this, and a lot of people don't like that film because oh, oh, it's not Batman, you know, whatever. But it's it's like. There's just this bigger tale they want to tell, and I feel like sometimes we're we're just dumbing it down for the sake of dumb action, you know. And well, and just, I think that's Marvel's strategy. Yeah, you know? I mean they've intentionally kept every single one of their films mm-hmm. very light. Yeah, um, yeah, and and that's and that's fine. I mean that's that's one thing, but I I tend to and I like I like I love the Avengers. I thought that was one of the most fun things, but I feel like I feel like this. Superman, Justice League, whatever, is going to suffer because of the Avengers in some ways. Well, you know? <laughs> and, and, and the only thing that they can do, I think the only thing Warner Brothers slash DC feels like they can do is go dark, heavy, thematic. Yeah. And frankly, that didn't work in Man of Steel for me. Well, and you know what? The, the, uh, the There's parts of it, like, yeah, I, I would have preferred it much lighter. I, I actually like the first uh, the first half at least of Man of Steel I think it's one mm-hmm. of my favorite films oh, I, yeah. when it turns into action porn at the end mm-hmm. I don't like it so much but uh, it is I actually really did like the film for the the stuff I did like about it there was enough that I didn't like too but um, but by the way you guys should listen to the Mark Wade podcast of Storymen where they had Mark Wade on who's who's my body double actually. Yeah, yeah it's we, a little bit creepy we look a lot alike <laughs> and we've actually he and I have actually talked to each other about about the fact how much we look alike and, awesome. and have both been a little like where we separated <laughs> you know that's right so but he's a really nice guy but um yeah all it is to say i i i'm not like against the films i just i feel like um i feel like we're in kind of a thin time culturally anyway you know we don't have a lot of really great writing and like hmm. a lot of great films that are coming out and what i mean by that is sort of um I don't know if you know who Brian Zahn is. Um, he's a really great like author, pastor out of St. Joseph's, okay, Missouri. Okay, yes, I think I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, he does a lot of blogging okay, and stuff. Yeah. And he talks about um, 
thin times versus thick times. And he talks about like you know if you think about it, not not so long ago you had um, authors like Tolkien, like Lewis, people that were um, writing these really huge, imaginative, thick like storylines that were just amazing and. Unfortunately, we're sort of in a thin time. I feel like now. Are you talking about young adult fiction? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like like that tends to be what adults are reading, and they're not stretching themselves. And it's sort of like, and, and unfortunately, even in the church, we're we're so like dumbed down. We're, we we you know we look at a book like Les Misérables or something or the musical, and and I've you know it's like well it's not worth our time you know it's sure. it's kind of yeah. it's because it takes a while you know you have to get into it and it's hard and it's more but it, it's those kind of things that are more rich so i don't know how we do it quite as a culture i mean it's, i think we inevitably go there when everything is um entertainment you know like we, we want to be entertained um but i just wish there was a way to do both because one of the things i love about comics because i just showed you my comic yeah, room and which is amazing and there's a lot of garbage in there too sure. i mean there's a lot sure. of writing that is just uh this pretty poor but there's some that is really good you know and it's sort of like the whole idea of it's sort of a modern mythology yeah and, absolutely and there's one uh i mean there's several books especially we talk about mark wade mark wade has done a, a pretty brilliant job with a lot of different characters and and looking at um the dark side of of bright characters you know mm -hmm. and the bright side of dark characters yeah. i mean it's sort of things like that that because we we aren't just one thing we are more of a, a bigger broader thing so i just wish that like some of that would be fleshed out because i i feel like we're it's inevitably going to kill the franchise by trying to be fun all the time, you know, like, or it's going to kill it for me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> One well, or the other. yeah. So. But you know, that's what you see happening in comics is, you know, they, they, they find a formula that works, they run it into the ground mm -hmm. and then someone like a, you know, an Alan Moore or Frank Miller or someone yeah. comes along and reinvents it. And yeah. then everyone goes, Oh my goodness. I can't believe you. Yeah. Well, that, that's sort of why I wish they would have held off on Watchmen for like another decade. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, no one got that movie yeah. if they only watched superhero movies. Yeah. Because the market wasn't really saturated mm -hmm. with superhero movies yet. Yeah. Ten more years from now? Yeah. Oh, man. And I yeah. think then that film could have come out and it just rocked people's worlds yeah. the way the comic did in, you know, in the 80s. But. And I don't think people understand, you know, there was a time when Batman was super light, right. you know, until Frank Miller came <laughs> along. And now it's like so dark, yeah. you know. All the time it's dark. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and isn't that great like that's the funniest thing to me like everybody that imitates Batman like that's the yeah, go-to voice, the voice. And it's kind of like, well, you know what, Christian Bale, if he did nothing else, he like he makes you think that when you yeah. hear Batman now. Yeah, so. this is awesome. Well, while we're talking about you know people who slap their wives around and things like that, you know, um, it's probably actually a good segue because there's you you can actually look this story up and they cover it again in a storyline called The Ultimates by uh, who is it, Mark Miller? Mark Miller, Mil yeah, Millar Miller. I, I always don't. I've know heard it's say. Miller. I think it is Miller, but they kind of cover that when they kind of retell his story and. So I'm I'm actually not anti Ant Man. I'm just I'm hesitant. I guess sure. I want to see I want to see things treated right. And I've had films that have actually made me fans of the character when I wasn't before. So it could be an Edgar Wright. I've Did thought, Iron Man do that for you, or were you already a pretty big Iron Man fan? I I have always liked Iron Man, but I think it made me a bigger. I, that was like, how I fan. was. Right. He was very much like on the peripherals of my radar. He, they changed you know. him in the comics to be like <laughs> yeah, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, they really did. After uh, smart that. move. Yeah, it, it yeah. was. <laughs> but he is such a good actor. I mean. 
mean, I, I, people talk about Johnny Depp like he's, you know, he, he created the world or something. But I, I think, like, what he did with that character oh, is, like... Iconic. It, yeah. Well, have you heard Marvel's plans in their cinematic universe once these guys retire? Mm-mm. So they're ba- they said they're basically going to James Bond it, where they just cast a new character or a new oh, actor. Okay. And just, can, they're not going to reboot. They're not going to... They're just... So I'm... Very nervous yeah. for who would follow RDJ, yeah. you know. And yeah, way. and they already did. I mean, Sony kind of did the reboot with Spider-Man, and, and I, I think it turned out pretty well, honestly. It was, it, all right. I mean, yeah. it, it was not, I don't know why we needed another origin story that soon, but it was, it, you know, it, I'm, I'm hopeful for the second one. That, yeah. Spider-Man's always been my favorite. I stopped reading Spider-Man. After they killed him. Recently. No, so you're yeah. not reading Superior? No. Oh, dude. Have I just, you read any of it? I have. I just, and you just don't like it, huh? I just don't like oh, it. Oh, I you love know? Superior Spider-Man. And that's what everybody tells me, and I'm just like, but I miss Peter. Well, you, you know, know they're going to, I mean, yeah. come on. You know. to, to me, that's a storyline that should last like three issues and not like a year. Or two <laughs> but, years. Or two years now. now. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I've never, I've not been the hugest Dan Slott fan all along. Really? I, I really liked, um... Straczynski. Oh, Straczynski. Yeah, I really liked his line. Run. And I was, and I'm a little bitter about maybe because I've been through a divorce myself, and I was kind of bitter about how they ended the marriage. And from then on, it was like, what? you mean demon magic did away? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was like it was push the magic button. Everybody forgets, except for maybe this person who yeah. might remember, <laughs> and maybe that person, and them over there, and maybe right. no, no, no that, yeah, right. And so that's kind of my my bitterness towards Spider Man is sort of from that level because I I even I thought with him I thought you know what. Um, wouldn't that be like an amazing storyline to tell? So you want to end the marriage? That's fine. Tell what people actually go through. He's yeah. a, he's a character that actually you can torture him all you, you can want, torture and it works. Peter Parker yeah. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is like made to be tortured. Yeah. He's, he's Jesus, you just, know. He's just just, just ruin so, him. Yeah. Anyway. All that is to say, we we probably have lost a ton of people now that listen to my show usually when I'm not always talking about comics, but I'm enjoying the conversation. The Storyman fans will feel right at home. That's right, that's, that's right, that's right. <laughs> um, well, let's talk a little bit about this idea, though, because we've talked about Hank Pym, and that's a very famous storyline of him kind of, I don't want to say he's a wife abuser, but he in, in a fit of rage, he kind of hit his wife, you know, yeah. and everybody just gasps. And that, that was kind of groundbreaking for Marvel that they even would have a storyline like that or that they would take, you know, like we already talked about Tony Stark where he's mm-hmm. an alcoholic or the characters going through divorces and or yeah. things like that where people are... It's kind of what uh, resonates when you actually hit the real life in these things. We're actually seeing an image of ourselves. And it makes me wonder sometimes, like, we talk about fiction, which is very good oftentimes, but I almost never hear that ringing out like this is a masterpiece when it comes to, like, Christian fiction or, yeah. or things like yeah. that. Like, people aren't writing a Les Miserables anymore, or they're not, like, because... Or Lord of the Rings. Lord right? of the Rings. I mean, that's, yeah, a Christian author. Or, uh, you know, Dostoevsky's, those type things, who, they're not, like, overtly a Christian work, but they are a Christian Like, yeah. it's just the way Christ is in him and through him, and he's yep. transforming, and, and you're seeing so much. So, I, I think a lot of our problem today, honestly, is we have sort of sanitized... Um, Christian art, literature, movies, everything, um, for the sake of calling it family friendly. Yeah. And so I think a good question for us to discuss today is Christianity family friendly and is the Bible family friendly? Is that even something that 
the Bible would even think about, you know, <laughs> like, like when it comes down to yeah. it. So, uh, so I just have a few questions I put on my iPad here, which okay. maybe will kind of be a guide for us and we can just kind of yeah, discuss great. them and, and flesh them out that way. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, like, how did we arrive at the place where family friendly describes Christian art? Okay. Um, and, and, and should it, um, and, and so here's my question to you. Okay? okay. On a five star scale where one is like not at all. And five is totally, you know, like mm-hmm. completely, um, how family friendly is the Bible with one being not at all <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. five being um, like, like completely. Well, yeah, I mean, I would, I would. I would honestly say probably like a, a one or a two based on what family friendly actually means in our culture, which is that, okay. you know, it's, it's sanitized and there's no bad stuff in it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that that's actually very friendly towards families, but that's what the phrase means. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really too bad when we um, shelter our children and mm-hmm. we, we sort of raise them in this hermetic bubble where, there's no bad things in the world, and mm-hmm. and, and you're not and you don't have to deal with them, you don't have to face them. Um, but I think I think a lot of that grows out of the fact that we don't want to face them ourselves, yeah. and so we we sort of sanitize our own lives as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whether that's where we talk about death, where we talk about illness, you know, uh, there was a time in our culture where all of those things happen in the homes, mm-hmm. and now we now those we've removed them from our homes and put them in. You know, we have professional places people go to die, right? Uh, and and places you go when you get sick, and they're they're sort of kept mm-hmm. cloistered away from everyone else, and um, those kinds of things make us very uncomfortable. You know, yeah. if you if you are if you have someone in your life who's experienced some kind of a trauma, mm-hmm. uh, it's very awkward to talk about, right. and, and and most people want to avoid it and and and, and ignore it. Um, if you have experienced a trauma yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think we've all had some kind of a trauma and you feel like a freak, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if it's something that everyone knows about, you know, when, uh, um, when my wife and I had to travel home recently for a funeral in in the family, it it was like everywhere we went, people were just like, Oh, we're so sorry. Mm -hmm. And it got all weird all the time. And we, you know, we appreciate the sentiment behind it, I guess, but you just feel so out of place. And so it's, you want to avoid it. You want Mm -hmm. to stay far away from it. You want to pretend it's not happening. Uh, because it just makes everything it disrupts. You know? Or you have the other side of it where, well, they're just in a better place, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, right. and it's like, but I'm really not ready for that yeah. yet, you know. Yeah. I, I, need I need to hurt. I need. Yeah. I need it to be okay to hurt. Right. I need to be okay for my life to be ugly right now because it feels ugly. Right. Know? Exactly. So yeah, and when you talk about the Bible, then, uh, I mean, the Bible's full of messy stuff. Mm-hmm. The Bible's full of gross stories of things that don't make. Even if it's not what we would call like you know R-rated. There's stuff that doesn't make sense, and there's things that don't fit in our boxes, and there's yeah. things that aren't easily explained, and um, I marvel at how uh, how what lengths we will go to to pretend those things aren't in the Bible. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> and while we're talking about that, you know, it's uh, I made a list of uh, of some things. I went online and just decided, okay, let's find some passages just real fast. Um, it didn't take me too long, actually. It really, it really didn't. I, um, of like, I'm, and I'm thinking here, I am a dad, 
I've got a one-year-old upstairs, and you know we do the the family devotions with him or whatever. So this is sort of a list of the verses you wouldn't want to do at family <laughs> devotion time. Okay, and I I got thinking like I hope this doesn't make my podcast the first ever explicit episode. I know, know right? That I have yeah. to have to uh, title it as that because the Bible made it explicit this week. Um, but just a few things like this, you know, smart parents are probably not going to want to filter like family devotion times. Uh, explaining things like the emissions of horses in Ezekiel yep. and things like that, or uh, Lot getting his own daughters pregnant, mm-hmm. um, Samson taking advantage of prostitutes, uh-huh. um, Noah getting naked and drunk, um, Solomon's story. You know, there's all kinds of lusty stuff in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't even have to get too far in. Um, then you have like a lot of like violent passages too, like in Deuteronomy 21, stubborn and rebellious children are commanded to be stoned, and that means with actual stones, not with the the weed or whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And the one about you know, uh, if you have kids listening, you may want to you know tell them whatever. (laughs) This is not family friendly because we're reading the Bible. Uh, But where King David removes the foreskins of 200 dead Philistines um, in First Samuel. Um, Lot offers his two virgin daughters to be raped by an angry mob. Um, they, they, I won't go on forever with these, but um, you get the you know, idea. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Just, and that's and and when you get into the the New Testament, even you know, um, I mean, we we have. I, I, I actually, I'm going to get red faced if I read too much more of it because it gets kind of weird. Um, but you have Jesus who talks about how um, prostitutes, you know, are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, before the righteous people, you know, and, and, and you have these, you know, so, and many Muslim leaders I found out actually in looking toward this podcast, some Muslim leaders criticize the Bible for being full of abhorrent tales of sexual escapades as done by the Bible's holiest men. Um, so it leads me to another question. Um, is our calling to be family friendly? <laughs> like, is, is yeah. that is that our calling? And I, I, of course, don't think so. Um, now, that's a tricky question, right? Because we want to ask, do we want our children to be raised in our faith? And do we want them to know Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus? Do we want them to, you know, have a have a, a life that is truly life? And, of course, the answer to that is yes. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Um, I think our problem is... <laughs> We think that the way to do that is by protecting them and sheltering them from reality. Right. And the Bible itself, our, our founding holy document, you know, one of the legs of our Wesleyan quadrilateral that we draw our faith from, actually tries its best not to shelter us from the realities of human nature yeah. and the realities of sin and the consequences of that sin and the promise of life to anyone, no matter how bad they've sinned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we somehow clean all that up and, and we turn it into, well, only actually only the righteous get into heaven, not prostitutes, you know, only the righteous. I I can't tell you how many people, uh, I meet. So, so the, the, one of the gatherings at our church is specifically designed to connect and engage with people who are unchurched, who, Mm -hmm. who don't have any kind of a church. So they've either never been in church before or they, um, they left church, you know, when they were 12 or 15 or 18 or whatever, and they've, now they're coming back. So I interact with a lot of those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I mean, it's just heartbreaking how many of them, after coming to one of our gatherings and hearing the, the good news about Jesus, say, no one's ever told me that before. Like, no mm-hmm. one's ever told me that, that basically God's rescue is for me or that I'm welcomed at mm-hmm. God's table. 
You know, and I'm like, really? Because that's all Jesus went around doing. Like, that's it. That's all he did all the time was tell people God has come into the world and you're invited to be a part of it. Like, Mm -hmm. and and somehow these people who are around Christians all the time, we live in Ohio, we're not that far away from the the Bible Belt, (laughs) you know, Um, and they've never heard that before. They've never somehow, you know, we've, we've created these churches that, that, that have made, I don't know, they've just made. They've made the church not about the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 maybe we should say it this way. Um, the just like the Bible, the Bible just doesn't want to let itself. It just won't be held captive by any of our categories. Yeah. You know yeah, that's the thing. Absolutely. That's a if you try to hold the Bible to history, it's going to elude you. If you mm-hmm. try to hold the Bible to you know like some sort of um, nonfiction you would read on a you know, yeah. it's going to elude you. If you try to read it like fiction, it's going to elude you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's just not written, and it kind of refuses to be put into our categories. Mm-hmm. So maybe as we're talking about this, like, I'm thinking about maybe our idea of family is just wrong. Sure. Like, the idea. Because I think that um, one of the amazing things about Christianity, one of the amazing things, even if you trace Israel right back to its roots with Abraham, is not the fact that you know the people of God were chosen and by God nobody else you know it's just them they were chosen to carry the message Jesus was carrying <laughs> into yeah. the world that you know God's not angry that he he actually wants you he wants to be king he he is king in fact that he is ruling this universe that the powers that be are not the powers that be you know like right. and yeah, the whole idea absolutely. that Israel was supposed to be inviting you know and 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 somewhere along the way just like we do in the church it turns into like this club oh god chose me exactly must be special Uh, i'm in they're out they're out you know but but the whole idea behind this i think if we look at like our family we're we're really bad i think in our culture of um kind of like i just did we'll just grab a verse pull it out and say well that's it well i think like you know american family associations focus family all those things have just been very well-meaning and some very good people but they'll take things, they'll grab a verse and say, well, this is what the family is, you know. And, like, I want to go, like, you know what a biblical idea of marriage is? It is one man, one woman, and another woman, and another woman, if and another woman. It, yeah, I mean, if you look right, for yeah, it, you yeah. can find it. It's there. <laughs> like it's So the idea to say biblical marriage is like, well, which part of the Bible are you talking about, yeah. you know? Um, and, and, and that's that's what I mean. Like, we have a hard time looking holistically yeah. about this whole idea of, of what Scripture is. So... Maybe, maybe Jesus would come in today and turn our whole idea of family on its head. Not that he's against it, but we're too um, we're too narrow in our definition yeah, of family. Absolutely. I think. So I think I want to qualify it and say, yes, the Bible is family friendly, but not on the terms of what, say, like the American Family Association right. would describe family friendly is, or right. like. Um, plugged in magazine we've got to count up the words right you know the MPAA even, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah 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 like that's yeah so like my understanding of you know christianity if i'm reading it correctly you can tell me if i am or not you're a teaching pastor so you can teach me the the idea that in christ the family gets a lot bigger yeah, you know, there, there's no longer barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, male, female, female, Jew, Gentile. I mean, and you can you can go on and on, um, gay, straight, whatever. The categories are broken yeah, away they get blown up. because everybody is being called to a new identity. Yeah. Everybody's being called 
uh, to a new family, and it's it's actually a safeguard for people that don't have a family. You know, when when you yeah. really think about it. So I want to say yes, it's family friendly, but it's not just your family. It's not just your your husband, wife, and kids and dogs yeah. like I have and I love so much. It's the idea that there's a whole world out there of people that don't have this family and we're being called to a table that says you are family you know you are welcome to come and be transformed come be made new come understand that you're not alone anymore come understand that god loves you that that the path you're on without this family it literally is hell on earth you know this idea of isolation and aloneness and so i i think when we think of family friendly we just we just have to start thinking in those terms. Absolutely. And how do we tell this bigger story? And and I'd love to know how we break this trend of sanitizing every every work of art or literature that Christians yeah. do out of that mode, you know, because there's there's some um it's not to say that there are not um excellent like films and books being written, but they're defying that category and so they're never going to make it into like a Christian bookstore right. or on a uh you know, maybe Christianity today. They're a little more open anymore mm-hmm. than a lot more than they used to be. But we we may not see it in the Herald of Holiness, you know. Right. Which I <laughs> think is holiness today. I think is, it's you know, well, you know <laughs> part of that's why part of that's why I blog about film and mm-hmm. books and things that I've read, uh and and viewed that I think are talking about very spiritual messages, but they're not doing it in a Christian context. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I want my people to understand that you know, everything is spiritual and all these conversations are going to be happening. And, and of course, like, of course, right. Is what, I don't think either of us is advocating going to your, going to your second grade classroom, say, we're going to talk about Noah's Ark today, everyone. Yeah. And we're actually going to talk about all the people that drowned in it. Like, you know, and send all these 10 year olds home with, um, like that's, or eight year olds, whatever old a second yeah. grader is. That's not what we're saying. Right. I mean, there's obviously just like with anything else, uh, there has to be, you have to allow for growth and you have to allow for discernment. And, you know, part of parenting is understanding when your kids are old enough to begin dealing with some more complex issues. And this is certainly a complex issue. You know, the problem of evil, that's a complex issue. Um, And and, and so, and, you know, every other thing you can imagine. And I think part of it is, is understanding when we're raising our, when we're raising kids, when we're trying to teach them the scriptures Mm -hmm. is, is that whole process. And, And, and there just needs to be some intentionality of saying, okay, like when I'm, when I'm involving my children in the story of the scriptures, that's part of the story of the scriptures. And I need, I need to, I need to be watching for when it's time to start introducing some of that and helping them ask those questions. Because frankly, I want the kids that are in my church asking those hard questions in my church, Mm -hmm. not just at school around the lunch table, not just with their friends hanging out, not just on the internet when they're reading blogs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I I actually want to be a part of that conversation with them. Yeah. You know, I I don't want, um, I don't want someone else uh, besides their spiritual family. Right. Helping them understand how these issues are, should be discussed. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because we, we tend to, um, I can only speak from the Nazarene church because that's what I've known my whole life. And um, I've, I've got a lot of friends and I've done a lot of study outside the church. I even play a lot of concerts outside the denomination. But I feel like the church of the Nazarene equipped me to think in many okay. ways. Like I, I do. I went to a Nazarene school. I mean, they, they had a phenomenal like theology stuff. The stuff they teach me now 
to think when I think people get mad at me in the church. Yep. So it's kind of weird, like this mm-hmm. whole, like, like we have to not be afraid to let the questions be asked because there, there's going to be questions and it's okay to not have the answers mm-hmm. <laughs> at yeah. times because sometimes that mystery and that struggle is where we're going to actually find that God is, is after us, you know? And, yeah. and well, that's, and that's where you have to actually rely on God. Yeah. I mean, with... When I know all the answers and when my foundation is firm and when I don't have to have any questions, I don't actually need God. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. It's in those places where I say, you know what, I don't I don't know how to reconcile the genocides in Joshua mm-hmm. with the Jesus who says yeah. to the, you know, the Syrophoenician woman, you know, you, this is, you know, great is your faith. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to reconcile those two things, mm-hmm. but I trust that God is faithful and I trust that God is who God says Right. He is. And so I'm going to lean on that trust because I can't lean on my own knowledge. Right. Um, when we provide people like a sanitized, cleaned up, neat and tidy faith with no cracks in it, with no holes in it, I think we're actually robbing them of a faith experience. Yeah. And when we can model for them, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, and I, I remember, and I, I really am not saying this to disparage I won't even say the name, but a few years ago when I was youth pastor and we took teens on a, um, a, you know, a trip to the inner city type thing. And the group we were working with, they wanted kids to be able to tell their testimony. Okay. And, and they like told them you had to tell it this way. Like you were in this dark place. Tell us how dark it was. And then now you're in the light and everything's like peachy clean. It's good. (laughs) And, uh, and I think all of us would, you know, that are more thoughtful about it. and, And those of us who have been in faith and have been through crisis, would understand that following Jesus gives you a whole new set of problems, you know, like things you wouldn't have dealt with otherwise. And it may actually cause your family problems that your family wouldn't have had before. Like when you think about what Jesus does, you know, what if a person comes to Christ and they're the only one in their family that has? Imagine if you're the teen that comes home to a completely pagan, hostile environment that doesn't want anything to do with that. Um, Maybe you're in the ghetto down the street from here and nobody has any understanding of God in your life. And suddenly you're going to be confronted with, how do I live this out? You know, or maybe you're the the wife of a husband that wants nothing to do with, with God, nothing to do with church. And you have suddenly been transformed. And now you're in this situation where, you know, my whole life, my whole allegiances have changed, you know. Um, what, what do you do if you're, um, <laughs> I mean, what happens when a person who's a sniper for a living finds God, you yeah. know. And suddenly yeah. it's like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Or, oh, whoa. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the, the idea, let me just give one quick example, like a story of, of how God comes in and disrupts things. Um, one of my good friends, uh, Jim Chapman, is an evangelist in the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, he goes by Big Chap. I don't know if you've ever had oh, the no, chance huh? to hear him. Um, he's he's kind of builds himself as a youth evangelist, but he's good for everybody. Like okay. he's, he's a really, okay. really neat guy. And he has this story he tells. He said a pastor came up to him one time, and he said, I got a church I think you're going to be interested in. And he said you know, okay, well, I, I go to tons of churches. I don't know if, because <laughs> there's kind of this thing, everybody yeah, sure. has their own thing. Right. And he said, well, you're, I think you're going to be interested in ours because we can't have a children's ministry. He said, what? <laughs> he said, no, we can't have a children's ministry. So why can't you have a children's ministry? Well, children can't come on our property. Why not? Well, we have a ministry to people who are registered sex offenders. That's awesome. Because they can't go anywhere else. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and it, Jim said, just like it did me when he told me this story, I was like, oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> like that's phenomenal. What is Jesus calling us to do? Like like that's actually a very hard thing. Like like they were even being threatened in the building they're in to be shut down. Like the person who owned it didn't want all these sex offenders sex there. But they were actually you know so they're, we're never going to be a mega church obviously. <laughs> but we got yeah. we got twenty guys coming together that literally don't have a friend in the world mm-hmm. because of who they are and the choices they make and they yeah. need. Christ. They need to know that Christ is redeeming and Christ is calling them out to something more and that they do have family. You know, so yeah. this idea about what I when I'm saying family friendly, it gets really messy, yeah. you know. And it's and it's not the sort of um cleaned up version we want to make of it because because what do you do when god calls you to that what what if you (laughs) i mean what if you have a a family with a bunch of kids and you're the pastor that god calls to go work with the pedophile group you know do you have them to your home you know and and say come on in for dinner tonight meet my kids you know i mean it's it's sort of like what would christ have me do in that it it messes up this whole thing that god wants everybody and that we don't get to do the picking you know (laughs) and that really because everyone everyone's like yeah god loves everyone yeah, like who who's gonna disagree with that? Yeah. But then when you put it in really concrete categories, and you think about who are the unclean today, who yeah. are the people that that we sure. wouldn't be caught dead near? Yeah. And you start naming those categories out, yeah. it gets very uncomfortable very yeah. quickly. And you start seeing, oh yeah, maybe maybe this faith isn't as sanitized as I thought it was. Yeah. And I and I think that's interesting because we have you know one thing that makes the Bible so interesting to me is you have all these characters who we revere as holy who just who are just awful people, yeah. you know? And even after God gets a yeah. hold of him, yeah. you know, people like David who, you know, I write about it some in my book, um, you know, he steals his first wife back from a husband who seems to really love her. It, she doesn't mean anything to him, you know? Yeah. And it's and it's totally for gain. It's, it's before the fall of Bathsheba. He doesn't care about it. It's all money. It's all political positioning. And he takes her with her husband weeping, begging, please don't take my wife behind. And it's sort of like this idea of like, wow. And then shortly after his fall with Bathsheba and and you look like everybody goes, well, David was a man after God's own heart. Like, yeah, but David was also a man after some tail, you know, when you think about it. And, and, um, it's those kind of people that God will change, will renew, and um, we have such flawed people in the Bible. You you rarely find a person that isn't flawed, and it's interesting to me that God runs to those flaws, and Christ absorbs them on the cross, absorbs yeah. the sin of mankind into Himself, and and takes it and says, "Look what we can do. We can destroy this, you yeah. know, and uh, and you can be made new." So. So let me let me change my answer because I think I was coming into this podcast I was going to say no the Bible's not family friendly, but I think I want to change my answer and say it certainly is family friendly. Um, but we need to to change our categories yeah, of family. Absolutely, and, I'd be on board with that answer. Yeah. So um, yeah, this is good. Let me look at my notes because I just want to see if there's any brilliance that I you know wrote down earlier that I didn't bring out because that, that escaped because yeah. I'm so incredibly smart. By going it's, online and stealing people's it, It's stuff. hard to keep all of the, <laughs> the information in your head at once. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I may. I think I may have uh, pretty much gotten that. And and uh, I don't know. I just I want to challenge our listeners um, to to stretch themselves. You know, stretch yourself in in your reading life. If you're a Christian, um, I, I'm not telling you not to go into a Christian bookstore. I, matter of fact, I love Christian bookstores in many ways. There's one in town that has been so good to me and um they've they've helped me fund my book 
Um, they have me in for concerts. I mean, it's a great place for dialogue. It actually it literally has become for this community because of their coffee shop a place for believers and non-believers alike to kind of come together in this place because it's about 50% coffee shop, 50% store. Oh, cool. You know, and, and it's it's a really nice place. We're doing my book release there next week. Um, so I'm not saying I have this, like, huge thing against Christian bookstores because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, um, let me say it this way. Go into the store next week and buy my book. Uh, that's what I mean. <laughs> but, um, but what I would say is I, is I want our listeners to stretch themselves yeah. and, and go beyond just what we would call, like, maybe the... The Christian fiction section, or um, so what's a like get, what's a like a, a a movie and a book or two that you would say, hey, if you're thinking about stretching yourself a little bit, why don't you try this? Um, Put you on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? This this may be weird because um, it, it's kind of it's got a lot of vile stuff in it. You know, honestly, I mean, not it's not the most terrible thing ever, but for me it was it was very formative Mm -hmm. i left the movie with the scripture in my like i I sat in the movie theater with this particular film which i'll name in a moment um with one scripture passage going through my mind um there's no greater love than that a man will lay down his life for his friends and it was grand torino oh yeah Clint Clint eastwood and um you want to talk about a flawed character Mm -hmm. you know i I go into that and that's not something i would probably show my son for quite a while you know obviously like four right 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 now he doesn't even (laughs) (laughs) right now he doesn't even know what's going he sits around wearing a bag of poop you know i mean at this at this point basically but there, there is something about that like when i when i went to see that in the theater i think the point of the film was there's just you know he's this grizzled old like war veteran he's extremely racist like he's he's, his neighborhood has changed he doesn't understand the way it's changing he doesn't like the people around him and and this among uh family next door kind of adopts him almost in the way that we're talking about here like yeah you don't have a family so you're going to be a part of our family and um and he goes from being this person who's very violent he's got the foulest mouth like you know (laughs) throughout the whole film and yet at the very end um, spoiler. He, yeah, spoiler. If you haven't if you haven't seen the movie, you might want to stop it right now. And I won't tell you exactly how it, it goes down or anything, so you'll be surprised still. But at the very end, there's something that happens, and he has the chance to be taking vengeance, or he has a chance to model out knowing what that kind of action will actually lead to. Yeah. And and he he goes the opposite way, but he's still in his laying down himself, not being vengeful. Um, sacrifices yeah, himself. Yeah, it's a, you know? it's a really fascinating. Film. And and even has this 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 cross Fairly obvious image. It's very obvious at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Almost too obvious. I'm like, come on, did you really have to? But wait, is he supposed to be Jesus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he's certainly not. And maybe that's that's a lesson from the story because we look at these Bible characters who are certainly extremely flawed. And yeah. yet, God's going to use them anyway. Yeah. And um, and so I literally, I, I don't know why it touched me so much at the time, but I was like the last person in the theater. Everybody else had left. And I was kind of crying mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. because I just was like, this. so that's what it looks like. You know, when, yeah. when we talk about, um, you know, I don't know if I would say love your enemies, pray for those, because he certainly wasn't too loving to his enemies in that yeah. film. But he certainly was modeling out what well, it means to lay down. There's your life. layers, right? I mean, at first he right. definitely considered these new people in his community as enemies. Yeah, and he sort of learns what it means to love them. Yeah, so there's yeah, another, yeah. There's another category of enemies that he definitely does not love. Yeah. <laughs> but, now, um, and, and to me, that's an example of it is a stretch because a lot of yeah. people wouldn't get past the language in it, yeah. and they wouldn't get past the other. But to me, there's so much benefit to that film. 
excuse me, sorry, I apologize if you heard this like huge burp in the microphone. But to me, if you can push beyond it to um, to looking at even films almost like a piece of art, yeah. where, where we look at the whole and not just one little section yeah. in it, why does well, this character need to be this gruff? And why yeah, does he need to exactly. be this way? Yeah, what's yeah. the point? That's, for me, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how can you review R-rated movies and stuff like that? And I say, okay, so, yeah, when I encounter someone who's using a lot of language, I ask that exact question. Well, why? Why are they doing this? Why is this depicted this way in the movie? And if there's not a good purpose for it, maybe it is gratuitous. Maybe it yeah. is, um, you know, uh, obscene or pornographic in some mm-hmm. way. But I think Grand Trainer is a great example of a film yeah. that it's not. It really builds that character yeah. and it asks... What does it look like for this kind of a character to be redeemed? Yeah, and I think you asked me about a book, too. Yeah. I'll try to keep my answer much shorter, but um, not all of his books are extremely brilliant like this, but um, Dennis Lehane has a couple really good books, like uh, Mystic River, yep. Gone Baby Gone. Yep. Uh, Gone Baby Gone especially, I mean, they did make a, a pretty great film out of that one. Another one that the film and the book will stretch you. Yep. To that even... was actually the film I was going to suggest. Oh, I'm it's... sorry. No, no, well, no. You, I just, you, I you mean, take it. There, <laughs> take that. Take that from both of us saying yeah. both the book and the film. Yeah, they're, they're both going to stretch you. I mean, they they really... They, they don't give easy answers, and they make you kind of question, like, what is the right answer? Yeah. How do you help someone who is, um, you know, we we have we have kind of a ghetto down the street yep. here, and we have people in that film that are exactly like that. Exactly that's, like that. You're not it, seeing something that's a caricature. Right. I mean, it's it feels too real. And that's that's sort of my problem with like. Um, I, I applaud what some of the Christian films are trying to do with like movies like Courageous and things mm-hmm. like that. But to me, it's it's almost like instead of being the rock that makes the ripple that comes into the water, they're they're trying to ride the ripples, and it's yeah. it's it's sort of like the superhero movies we talked mm-hmm. about. One thing is successful, so all of them are going to jump yeah. on board now and just ride the ripples <laughs> instead of making their own yeah. splash. You know. Well, and there's a thing too, you know, and I sympathize with the Christian film industry because. If you're going to be a Christian film, your point is not allowed to be artistic and subtle. Yeah. Like it ha- if you're going to make any kind of money off the church, off the Christian circuit, it's got to be slap you in the face obvious. Yeah. And I think anytime you go into creating a piece of art trying to preach at someone, you should probably just preach at them. Yeah. You know, art art needs to be created for the sake of the art. And yeah. that doesn't mean you can't try- be trying to say something with your piece of art, but there's a difference between making an artistic statement and preaching at someone. Right. Um, and I say that as someone who preaches at people all the time. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you, and we might start asking these questions, too. Like, what's going to last? Yeah. Like, like 20 years from now, nobody's going to remember Courageous. They no. will remember Gran Torino. Yeah. Like, they'll, they'll come back to it as, yeah. like, this is a piece of, this is so much more than just a film, what it's yeah. trying to say. Um, I, I would venture to say five years after Courageous, nobody's going to be talking about yeah. it, remembering it. I and, forgot it was a thing until you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that was just one because somebody the other day mentioned it. Like, I, I thought it was dreadful. Like, I really yeah. didn't care for it yeah. very much at all. But partially for those reasons that we're talking mm-hmm. about. But all, all it is to say, try to stretch yourself, even sometimes with music and film. Now, that's, again, I, we're not saying that just to say go out and, and be gratuitous. I think there has to be... A point be behind thoughtful, something. Be critical, and by yeah. the same time, don't be couch potatoes. Like, mm-hmm. like we we almost like. I feel like there's this like, 
outcry from Christians. Oh my goodness, there's nothing good on TV anymore, and we get. I'm like, well, don't watch TV. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't be mad at secular people for being secular and making things that sell. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically all that TV is is yeah. if is people are making money. It's an yeah. industry. And they're going to put up there what's going to sell. And I just feel like, you know, maybe there's something else out there than TV that we could, mm -hmm. like, maybe maybe we should spend some time outside. <laughs> Not right now like because it's subarctic outside. No, no, I mean, but, yeah. I mean even now. Just go out and sit <laughs> in the snow, you know. No, but I think we, that we've lost our ability to create because we let other people yeah. create for we us. We consume and consume and consume. And I'm just as guilty as anybody, so I'm not. I'm I'm saying it to myself. I'm preaching mm -hmm. to myself with no subtlety whatsoever, <laughs> um, as we talk what are you about it. To say, <laughs> well, um, any, anything else? What are your? I mean, you said yeah. I'd say comedy. Okay, so I threw out another one. Gravity was my number one film of the year. Hmm. Uh, that's a film that's packed with with spiritual themes, and they're actually they're not very subtle. Like they're pretty close. Yeah. The surface um so that's that's a really good one about death and rebirth and how you deal with grief and there's a lot of spiritual imagery in there yeah. particularly towards the end so that's a really good one and it's it's just a phenomenal movie too yeah i was talking to somebody who like does physics for a living hated that movie. well like, yeah like, okay, like, like and that's movie, that's the funny thing guys. because that wasn't really the point of the film right. and i think it's it's lost on well and the <laughs> like directors you, like the director yeah. came out and he was like look we had a version of the script that like had all the physics right, yeah, and he's like, and you just got lost, like you lost the story for yeah. all of the mechanics, yeah. And I wanted to tell a story. I didn't want to film a documentary about exactly. space stations blowing up. Spoiler. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, get yeah. over it, physics people. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's let it be a story. Well, and that that's kind of my point too. Is like even even that, like we we want <laughs> we want everything to fit into a certain category, and like that that would. I mean, maybe if I was a physicist, because I'm a theologian, I go in like hating Bible movies. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> true, true. Like, like Jen and I were watching um, a movie I think you saw recently too, the Disney one, uh, Mr. Banks, Saving Mr. Yeah, Banks. Saving Mr. Banks. And beforehand, they had the uh, what was it, the the Son of God thing, uh -huh. that movie, like the big preview. And I looked at one, I was like, that looks terrible. Yeah. Like that just yeah. completely misses the point of what Scripture's trying to do uh -huh. because it's CGI, you know. Mm -hmm. And like they had some guy with a staff. Like, like hitting the ground and fires like coming out everywhere and I'm like Come on, oh, I yeah. want to boycott that movie you know <laughs> well and, and let's let's you know real quick Noah's coming out this year too oh. by Darren Aronofsky yeah now there's a guy I, I think he's Jewish so he's not I don't know that he's, and he's a, an I think he's an atheist okay so so not a confessing practitioner yeah. of a faith um, and yet he's making this biblically based film mm -hmm. and it will be interesting to compare that those movies and see uh, yeah because that's going to be one that doesn't even probably rely much on the bible at all you know <laughs> and yet it's a guy who hears from god who's right. building the ark and all the animals come two by two i'm mean, based on the trailer yeah the the framework is there yeah. in some ways yeah so it'll be interesting um, ridley scott's exodus is coming out with christian bale's moses oh really I okay heard about, yeah i about that one, um, really, i guess um, well, so. interesting. It's going to be an interesting time for film. But I guess I would encourage you to, to go out. I would almost encourage people to go and read the Bible with a commentary mm -hmm. more than I would point them to the film. <laughs> well, yeah, please, 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 please. Go to the film after, but try to have some understanding of, of what's there and why we're doing that. So all it is to say, not trying to bash the Christian subculture completely because I, I feel like it's well-meaning. And as a person who makes Christian music, uh, I have to be careful because I want people to buy my That's stuff right. too. And we can um, probably agree, yeah. I'm guessing, 
that we've gotten a lot better over the last couple decades. Yeah. I mean, Christian, quote-unquote, yeah. art, evangelical art in the, like, 80s and 90s mm-hmm. was pretty embarrassing yeah. as a rule and it's gotten a lot better well I think I hope we're, we're, we're starting to think differently yeah. maybe not even in the category of just a Christian thing it's yeah. just is this a good thing yes. like are we making are we making something that's good and beautiful and truthful you know yeah. and, and the idea that Christians can make those things but non-Christians can make those things yeah. and the, the fact is non-Christians are doing a whole lot better job with making truthful things than Christians are, you know. Ironically. Ironically, yeah. And we should be the most truthful and be able to handle and and deal with these things. Um, But it's just just hard. Everything's a scandal and everything's, you know, like, how how dare they? And and we're, we're so easily offended. And I don't understand that. To me, people who are so, like, offended by everything as Christians got to be the most shallow Christians I know because like why are you so insecure yeah. why is your faith so tiny that you're so threatened yeah. by everything that comes along the way I don't understand yeah. you know and just remember Jesus was offended by religious people and he didn't seem to have much problem with non-religious people right so if right. you're offended the other way around <laughs> you have some yeah. figuring out to do yeah exactly so I don't really you know um you know, I don't really stand out and pick at Walmart for not saying Merry Christmas, you know, whatever. It's like, it's not their holiday anyway, it's pick ours. It, pick at them for exploiting their employees. Right, yeah. exactly, you know. <laughs> it's funny, I was talking to somebody yesterday, because I've, I've got my iPad here sitting mm-hmm. with me, and my iPhone in my pocket, you know, and all, all that good stuff, and I was talking to a, somebody who's really, like, into Apple stuff, and I said, you know, the thing about it, it's so expensive. And I don't understand. It's made by slave children. They're not paying them anything. Why can't we get this cheaper? You know? <laughs> and I said, but at the same time, yeah. you know, kind of pointing to the whole, like, you know, shame on me, too, yeah. because I'm not always conscious of my decisions and choices right. of how I might be reacting. But anyway, we've been going on for almost an hour. So if I do any uh, pre-show stuff, it's going to be a pretty long one. But <laughs> hey, any closing thoughts? Tell them really quickly about Story Men, your podcast. Oh uh, yeah. Story Men's a podcast I do with two authors, Matt Michalatis and Clay Morgan. And we talk about, we say history, pop culture, and theology, which is a nice way of saying we talk about whatever we want. And uh, <laughs> we have a lot of good guests on. Rick's going to be coming on. And, and uh, we, we're on a break right now between seasons. So season right. three is going to be starting back up. And Rick's going to be coming along on part of the crossover. and I'll come um, to you next time. Ooh, actually, yeah. this is a really nice studio. So or you can come I to me. Come <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, we have a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of geek stuff and a lot of theology and a lot of history stuff. So uh, I think anyone who listens to Voices in My Head would probably enjoy at least half of what we do. Awesome. Awesome. No, it, it really is a good show. I haven't got to listen to all of them. But the ones I have had a chance to listen to have just been great. I love the Mark Wade episode. Yeah, that I mean that was a highlight for he's, sure. He's been kind of a hero of mine for a long time anyway, yeah. and uh, just to get to hear, you know, at one time uh, he was supposed to be, from what I hear, in line to be the next president of DC. Oh my god! And goodness. somehow Dan Didio uh-huh. kind of stepped in, and at this point, like they aren't. They're not on speaking terms. Yeah, it's like I think like, yeah. I think he would. Uh, like like he said when I saw him a few months ago at the Springfield mm-hmm. Con, he said, um, you know, he said, well, anything can happen. I mean, management changes. He said, I don't see myself right now ever being asked to write for DC again. But he seems like such a, a humble person, and he yeah. didn't seem like he had this grudge against him or anything. Yeah. It was just kind of like, and, and I was, I'm thinking like, oh, how could it be different? Because basically DC is Marvel right now. They're trying hard to be Marvel yeah. and dark and whatever. And some of what made DC great is some of its brighter things too you know like because they have some bright characters and 
Um, the problem with DC, and this is movies and comics all together, mm-hmm. is that Batman is the most popular character. Yeah. And Batman is dark. That's yeah. you, you have to write Batman dark for Batman to be awesome. Like, yeah. that's just what works. But they've mistakenly said, well, if what what must make Batman popular is dark, so let's make everything dark. Yeah. Not understanding, well, no, don't make Superman dark. That is the opposite of what makes Superman work. I, I often feel like there should be a swap. Like, Spider-Man ought to go to DC and Batman ought to come to Marvel, Marvel, you know? And yeah. then it'll kind of be, oh, this will balance the yeah. force oh, if we all, okay. we all came yeah. out. Anyway, well, anyway, I, listeners, I encourage you to go to the Storyman podcast. You can find it on iTunes and everywhere the good podcasts are offered. Um, thanks, Jr., for being a part of the show Thank today. Thank you, Rick. It was awesome. They can follow you on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? At Jr. Foresteros. Okay. I'm on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Jr. Foresteros. Jr. Foresteros.com. It's all. Do you want to spell it for me? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Jr. F O R A S T E R O S Foresteros. Great. So, that's and all the ways to find me. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at just my name, Rick Lee James. And uh, listeners, just by the way, this will be coming out next week. So uh, so probably this Friday, <laughs> as you're listening to this, um, we do have uh, my book launch here at Beacon of Hope uh, Bookstore here in town. I hope you guys can come out. I'm going to provide the music and the cake and the books. You just provide yourself. We just got to show up. Got to show up and bring some money to buy some books. That's yeah. all right. <laughs> awesome. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to Voices in My Head and this crossover with the story. Men podcast today. It's been an awesome time. Thanks for coming over and being a part of this chat. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience. So if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.